Welcome to Life Notes with Sheldon, where we talk about ways to get off the sidelines and back into the game of life as your best you. Good afternoon, friends. Thank you for joining me again. Life Notes with Sheldon. And I'm grateful that you are here. Grateful that you're tuning in wherever you are, if you're in your car, enjoying some of this beautiful late summer weather in your backyard or working in your shop, whatever you're doing. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for being here. Talk radio is something that I grew up with and uh, began to love at an early age, listening to Paul Harvey, you know, uh, Good Day. Uh, He had the greatest little tidbits and stories and it was inspirational. And man, that was kind of back when the news was was the news. And uh, I really enjoyed it. Grew up listening to all the talk greats, riding around with my great uncle and my grandma in their car. And uh, there's just something about talk radio, having somebody on the radio talking, letting you know that the world is still going. Going around, it's still turning and things are still happening in the world, you know? And and sometimes we operate in life as though the world's going to quit turning if something doesn't work out a certain way, or if someone doesn't show up, or or we operate on this worst case scenario mentality of the worst thing that can happen in any given situation. And it's like we kind of pretend that it's going to be the end of the world. If this thing happens or it doesn't work out, but friends, the end of the world, as the good book says, is not known, not even the angels in heaven. So it says, and whatever you believe, I know you don't have any psychic uh, power or person that's telling you this because I believe that it's an unknown, undetermined thing. And what a great thing that is. You know, somebody asked the other day, uh, would you rather um, whatever it was? And the other thing was, would you want to know when you were going to die? And invariably in our house, except for one person, we all didn't want to know. And and why wouldn't you want to know? Well, it's because it takes away some of the magic of life. Um, interestingly in life, one of our major annoyances in life is also one of the things that makes it most magical. And and one of those annoyances is not knowing, not knowing the future, not being able to predict the future, not in your wildest imagination being able to guess what the next few days, few months, few years will hold. And that can be an annoyance for people at times who want to control the situation and who want to have that power of understanding. But friends, that annoyance is also where the magic of life is. The beauty of it is not knowing. The beauty of it is not being able to comprehend or fully understand or be aware of what's going to happen in the future. So do we approach our lives as if, well, we have no idea, so it doesn't matter what we do? Or do we plan and prepare for the very best? I hope we plan and we prepare for the very best future ahead. You know, we're in some trying times right now. We're in some challenging times. I feel like our nation, maybe even the world civilization even, is kind of having an identity crisis, determining where it wants to go, what direction. And we're at this hinging point that's going to determine so very much in history, going to determine so very much in the future. And which way we turn, which way we turn that hinge is going to control our destiny as a civilization and as a society, as a world, as a country as a state, as a town, and certainly in our home and in our lives. And we have incredible power to affect the future, especially in times like these where it's so uncertain and where we're on these hinging points. The things that we do right now can set us up for 
an incredible and beautiful future, regardless of what happens. You know, I was having this conversation with some of my associates in our business about how we have this need to get out of debt, this need to prepare, this need to be fiscally responsible, and this need to have organization and systems and predictability to what degree that we can, because one of two things is going to happen. I said, we're going to have a major correction, perhaps an economic crash, something of that specter, perhaps. Or we're going to go kind of as we are right now for a period of time, kind of going along, wondering what's going to happen at the whims of what's going to happen with the economy and continue in the state that we are right now for a period. Now, granted, as a business owner and as someone who's uh, supporting five kids and and trying to uh, continue along with my endeavors, charitable endeavors, the things that I like to do, I'd like to see things go along as they are. I'd like to see them improve, economically speaking. But I am also something of a realist and recognize that every 10 years there is a major correction and we're, well, you know, kind of overdue. The COVID one was kind of circumstantial, not necessarily a the decade kind of expected one. So does that one even count? Are we due for another one? Is this bubble that we're in, this massive bubble, is it going to pop? Is it going to shrink? Is it going to continue? I don't know. But whatever it does, whatever the future does economically, with my health, with my finances, with my home, with my relationships, I'm going to be vastly more prepared for it if I prepare for the very best, if I prepare for that future ahead. Then if it goes bad, if it goes in a challenging way, or if it goes in a way that uh, is a little easier and perhaps more climate-orientated to success and progress, I'm going to be better prepared. And so I encourage them and us in our personal lives to take that preparation, prepare for the beautiful and glorious future ahead, whether it turns out the way we hope it does, or we have some major challenge or obstacle, which we will have as history attests, the history of our society, the history of our families, the history of our personal lives. We will have great challenge. But as we have heard so many times, with great challenge comes great responsibility. And with great challenge comes great potential. And so, friends, we're in a period of, of great challenge right now. We truly are. Our, our nation has been fractured in so many ways. Relationships have been fractured. People are mad at each other, never talking to each other again. And, and we watch as, as society becomes increasingly more factioned and separated. And as we watch this, how important it is that we not allow this to creep into our own lives and our own homes, that we allow no division among our family. And I've witnessed it and you've witnessed it. I mean, we have grown brothers and sisters, some of them well into their senior years, not talking to another person because of something that happened in a business deal or because maybe they inherited the silverware and they wanted the glasses. I mean, it's, it's some things that are this simple that are causing these fractures of relationships. And it's insanity. It truly is. It's insane. The things that we're letting get in the way and destroy our peace. And friends, if you're letting anything destroy your peace, and I'm speaking to myself, we have to stop it. We have to stop it right now and we have to fix those things and we have to determine what they are and fix them. But whatever you do, don't allow it to divide you. Don't allow it to divide you from your friends and from your neighbors, from your communities. Churches are having divisions. 
it seems like it's in every aspect of our society. And invariably, we have to ask the question, why? Why is this occurring and why is it so prevalent? And is there something or someone who wants this to occur? And why? And, and why are we letting that force or that person or that something or that organization win? And so we have to guard our homes and we have to guard our hearts and we have to guard our lives against division, against contention, against these things that will destroy us and that will create misery and fractioning, fracturing, factioning in our lives. So what can we do to do this? One of the most important things I think is that we learn to be honest with ourselves. How many of us go through the world lying to ourselves in one way or another? If, if I ask you this question, are you lying to yourself today? I would wager that you probably are because we all do. We all lie to ourselves and some of us do it compulsively. And it creeps in so simply, right? It's so easy to make ourselves feel like we've done more than we have. Maybe we've given to a charitable organization. So now suddenly we think that we are giving every month when maybe we're giving every quarter or once a year. You know, our mind likes to make things look a little bit better than they are because it helps us adjust. It helps us rest at peace a little bit. But the problem with lying to ourselves and shielding ourselves from the truth is that invariably this truth will explode and this truth will come out. It always does. And we cannot hide from the truth in our lives. We cannot hide from what the truth is. We can lie to ourselves that we're in greater health than we are. We can lie to ourselves that that scale must be wrong or that it's just because we're old or it's just because we have this medical condition. But friends, doctors and physicians will attest that the majority, nine times out of ten, perhaps more times out of that, the reason why we are overweight and out of shape is because of our personal choices that we make every day. It's because of the things that we eat and the frequency that we eat them and that we don't exercise like we should. So what are the reasons we're experiencing the pain points that we are right in life? And almost always it comes down to the choices the day-to-day choices time after time that we're making. Zig Ziglar calls the need for persistent consistency. Persistent consistency in the choices that we make in day-to-day lives makes all the difference in the future. Truly all the difference. The way that we control our future and the way that we manipulate our future into being the future that we want to live is by what we do today and tomorrow in the form of small and simple choices done with persistent consistency. So friends, how might you be lying to yourself on a day-to-day basis? Are you convincing yourself that you're doing more at work than you are or that you contribute more to the organization than you really do? Are you convincing yourself that you are more needed in your family than perhaps you are or that you do more for them than you do? Do you convince yourself that you spend enough time with your children? Are you lying to yourself that you're as kind and respectful and compassionate as you should be to your spouse? When was the last time you walked your dog? When is the last time you actually think and convince yourself that you walked your dog? Friends, we all do it. We all make up those little inconsistencies, those lies, if you will, to ourselves. We 
make it seem a little bit better than it is, but the pathway to peace and the pathway to the road to posterity, prosperity, and the road to wisdom lies in honesty. It truly does in every aspect of our life. Because if we can't be honest with ourselves, and, and honesty is hard. It really is. It's a hard thing. It's, it's not easy to be honest. It's not over time. Because to be honest with yourself, you have to do reflection and you have to know. Like, you're in debt. More than likely, if you're driving and listening to this, you are in some form of debt in the United States. It's a statistic. Now, if you're not in debt, I congratulate you and you have my praise and honor. And please stay out of it unless it's truly wise debt that's going to pay off for itself or someone else is going to pay for it and it's an investment in your future and you're getting something tangible. Maybe then consider it, but not without wise counsel. If you're out of debt, please stay that way. And for heaven's sake and for the sake of the people around you, Share that culture and teach them. Teach your kids, teach your grandkids, teach your person at work, whoever you can, the wisdom of becoming debt-free and the glory of staying that way. So if you are telling yourself you're not in debt, then you probably are. And to be honest with yourself, you have to know exactly how in debt you are. Because I would be willing to guess that you're in debt more than you think you are. When you add up your mortgage and your cars and your credit cards and what else you owe, these random little things that pop up, do you have a Dillard's card? What do you have? So take the time and add all of these things up and look at it. And then you can be honest with yourself. Yes, I'm in debt. Or yes, I'm really in debt. Or wow, I didn't realize how in debt I was. But honesty requires work because we have to truly assess the situation. And that requires sometimes some forensic scavenging. Some going back into the past and some exposing those hiding places that we hide from, right? We may hide our debt in this monthly payments. Well, we're making the payments, so it has to be fine. Dave Ramsey, brilliant financial guru that he is, says, you know, just because you can make the payment on something does not mean that you can afford it. Friends, I've had this realization. We found a wonderful deal on a motorhome and we thought it was a dream to have one. And you know what? It was a dream come true the times that we got to use it. We had this wonderful time. And to be in this amazing home on wheels was just something to consider. You know, I couldn't help but imagining the Old West and plowing into this uh, prairie town, you know, in a home on wheels. You know, you think about it. How spectacular truly is it? That we live in a time that you literally have a home with all the creature comforts on wheels that you can drive across the nation if you wanted to. I mean, it's amazing. You know, we, we get older and we lose our sense of childlike wonder and whimsy. Such a powerful thing, you know, and, and, and how often do we forget the things that used to bring us utter joy and utter Im, uh, uh, utter imagination you know growing up i remember going to a hotel as a kid or a motel and staying there was the funnest thing you know the pool the sound of the air conditioner kicking on at night how it could be so cool in a room you know and and all the little things you know the little mini fridge the fact that you could dial your cousins in the other room on the phone you know all of these little things that were so amazing we just take for granted as we get older and we forget so next time you do something and you remember how cool it was, try and remember how cool it is today because it's still as cool. We just don't appreciate it because we're around it all the time. And so 
we had some great times in this motorhome. We really did. We've had it for almost a year, maybe a little over. And man, it was great. But the problem is we're busy and it's hard to use it. And it's hard to use it consistently. And we haven't used it very much. And for what we're paying every month out of our savings to eventually hopefully pay it off as it depreciates, and what we're paying when we need to maintain it, and certainly when we need to fuel it, and certainly when something goes wrong, I'm not mechanically minded, so that means we have someone coming to help us with these things. It adds up. But we have to ask ourselves on our debt, what do these things do to us emotionally and physically and spiritually as well, not just to our financial status or our financial ability, but what are the things that we take on in the form of debt doing to us personally? with our relationships and this motorhome it's beautiful it's beautiful inside it was a great deal and i'm glad we bought it but the time has come to sell it the time has come to get it out of my driveway for this reason it causes me grief and it causes me stress and it causes me a certain amount of guilt that i'm making this payment on that should be an investment in my future retirement and my future goals but I'm paying on something that's sitting in my driveway that someone else could be using that's in that era. You know, so maybe someone is ready to retire and they're ready to go use it and they would enjoy this gift. But instead, it sits in my yard as I watch the tires rot and I watch the battery go dead and the things that need to be charged on it, the generator that needs to be started every month, all of these maintenance things that I simply can't do because I don't have time. And then as I look at it, I feel guilty. So why am I paying for this thing that's causing me stress and duress? Wouldn't I be better just to rent one occasionally, maybe every couple of years? <laughs> what would be better than having this debt for something I'm not truly using? And so it's got cleaned. I spent six hours the other day. Another thing I thought is, man, to maintain and clean this thing, it took me a good five, six hours just to clean the thing. And I had help climbing up on a ladder to make sure the windows were sparkly clean. It is clean and it's ready for someone else who's in that time period and in that era and in that ability to enjoy it and maintain it and use it and appreciate it. So what do you have sitting in your driveway or in your home that maybe you've taken on the burden of debt that doesn't bring you joy? Marie Kondo in her masterful work, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, in her hopes to help people have a zen-like, peaceful home that is functional and that's one they love to be in, she said that the first step is this, that you go through your house and you get rid of things immediately that do not bring you joy. If it doesn't bring you joy, why do you have it? And a friend's life is too short. If it doesn't bring you joy, why do you have it? If it doesn't bring you joy, why are you in debt to it? If it doesn't bring you joy, why are you paying for it? Is it a status thing? Is it because you need to look a certain way or feel a certain way? You know, the reason why people buy Starbucks. When they came out with $5 a cup of coffee when they first came out, people said they were so stupid. No one's going to pay that much for a cup of coffee. But people do all over the place. And I mean, they're popping up in, in grocery stores and some of the darndest places you see Starbucks now. And why do people do it? Well, the psychology suggests that they do it because they want to treat themselves. They want to feel good. Maybe they've had a bad day at work or they're feeling bad about themselves or they just want to feel good. So they do this for themselves. And it's a reward that we give to ourselves to feel better. 
Well, friends, it's time you started rewarding yourself with honesty. It's time you started rewarding yourself by not taking on more debt. It's time you started rewarding yourself and your family by getting out of the debt that you have. And it's time to be honest. It's time to find out and go to those hidden places and find out where we really are. Because we can't find out what we really need to do if we don't know where we really are. And this takes time. As I mentioned, honesty is hard. It's not easy. Because it takes work. We have to do some digging. We have to find out the things that we have tried to cover up. The things that we've tried to hide. The debts that we pretended like we don't have. And we have to identify those. And begin that process of working on it. And it may be hard when you first do to be honest with your wife or be honest with yourself about some of the decisions that you've made and where you're at. But that's the beginning of the path to freedom of knowing truly where you are. So as you go through this week and as you focus on some of these things, I would challenge you to write down everything you owe. Be as specific as you can. And if it's $4 on a charge account, whatever, just put it there. And get a picture of where you're at in life because debt is tied to all the other things that we do. You know, if we're not taking care of ourselves physically, spiritually, emotionally, it's all interrelated. And this is a great way to start because it's something we can quantify and we can write down and we can picture. So friends, we live in the land of the free, the home of the brave, or so we say. And yet we remain saddled and burdened with immense debt and immense worry and things that are causing our life expectancy in this amazing and marvelous land to decrease. How can it be? Why is it so? And why do we continue to allow it? Friends, I plead with you and I plead with myself. Everything I invite you to do, I invite myself to do and will commit to do. Let's try to be honest. Be honest this week with yourself. Be honest this week with your wife. Be honest this week with your dog or cat. Be brutally honest if you have to. And if you have something that isn't bringing you joy, that's bringing you constant worry, sadly, sometimes this may be a person. It may be someone we're in a relationship with. Identify it. And be honest with yourself and be honest with them because the pathway to progress always lies in this. It always starts with honesty. And the person who deserves honesty more than anyone else is you. Friends, thanks for joining me today. It's been a pleasure. Hope you'll tune in next week on the same time, same channel. And wherever you're listening, I hope that you have a great week. I hope that you learn and work to be honest and that you feel the joy of it and that you don't be afraid. The only thing we should be afraid of is falling backward. Because, friends, we're going forward whether we like it or not. Time is marching on. But what drum are we marching to? Let's be the person who determines that rhythm and takes control today to the extent that we can in a pathway of honesty. I'll see you next week. Same time, same place. been listening to Life Notes with Sheldon. Listen every week for a brand new note on life. We hope that we have given you a way to get off the sidelines and back into the game of life.
as your best you.